You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hey, 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 everyone. It's the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. I am excited to be here. This is such a beautiful time of the year because um, people are always in the spirit of giving and um, having joy and peace and harmony and happiness and laughter. So it's a really, really beautiful time of the year. And I have a phenomenal guest. We're going to be talking about standing in your power, mind, body, and voice, which is something that unstoppable women do. And it's something that women that are not quite, quite brave or bold enough to do that need to do. So after we have this conversation, or me and my guests have this beautiful conversation, those that are apprehensive and feel like they have to apologize for being brave, bold, and unstoppable will realize that there is no apology necessary and they can show up and be undeniably brave, bold, and unstoppable. So hang tight. Um, before that, I got to take care of some business. So first of all, I want to, uh, make sure you all know, find a place to sit, grab something to write with, get your favorite beverage so you can take notes. Cause my guests will drop lots of nuggets of gold on you. And I know you're going to want to capture it. Or of course you can always download the show and listen to it over and over again, but it's nice to have both. Um, also if you like the show, please subscribe to the channel and share it with everyone that you know, love and care about. And then while you're doing that, let me thank our sponsors, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Check them out if you are interested in really keeping yourself healthy and well, not only with your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, but also with your mindset and your wealth. Then you want to check out Blissful Living for You because they have some really nice things that can help you to get things in alignment and amplify those areas in your life. And then I want to thank our other sponsor. I'm sorry. Let me go back. You can check out Blissful Living for you at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. So excited to get to the guests. And so then our next sponsor I want to thank is All Day Cable Incorporated. All Day Cable Incorporated is a telecommunications installation company that was started in 1989. It's women-owned, minority-owed, and it is located in the heart of Silicon Valley. What they do is they do network distribution, so installation of a voice data fiber wireless access points, anything that has to do with that, any of the equipment that goes with that, as well as any audio, video, speaker, any of those type of needs. So if you have a need, if you're small, mid-size or large corporation, they can help you out. They've been around since 1989 and their model is that they are a premier installation, telecom installation company, and they make the right connections the first time. All right. So we're taking care of business. Now let me bring the guest up. Her name is Leslie Liu and she was a speaker at the Brave, Bold and Unstoppable Woman Summit. If you missed that, you have got to see if you can find any replays of any aspect of that 
out there on social media, because I guarantee anything you see from that particular conference that we had in San Francisco is going to immediately change your life because there's nuggets of gold all throughout that event. And um, it, it was probably, if I had to put a price on it, it was probably worth thousands of dollars to attend, but um, we made it affordable and now um, you'll have to find access to it. But I have Leslie Lou. So Leslie, welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. Girl, it's so good to have you here. I want you to tell the show listeners and those that are watching us a little bit about yourself because I could not do justice. So I'm going to let you do it. Girl, go. Oh, man. Rochelle, when Rochelle talks, it's like 24 karat, like liquid gold. So I always <laughs> like try to marinate and like swim in it and bathe in it. What's up, everybody? My name's Leslie Liu. I'm the founder of Reclaiming Your Courage, and I am a trauma-informed self-defense coach, international best-selling author and speaker, and I value love, courage, and community. And my mission is to really save the lives of women and allies globally. And um, the reason why I'm so passionate about that is, um, you know, at the height of Stop Asian Hate Crimes, I just really felt the need to help uh, inspire women, especially Asian women, BIPOC women, to not feel uh, like they were being perceived as prey. And so I really stand for being an ally to the BIPOC, Latinx, um, neurodivergent, disabled communities and the queer community, because these are the underrepresented voices. And I think um, self-defense is so much more than just the physical. And so a big part of today, what we're going to be talking about is really our mindset, reclaiming our voices and building awareness in our bodies. Wow. So didn't I tell you guys that she was amazing and we're going to have a very good conversation. And I want to jump right in because she's amazing, you guys. But I'm just saying that not to be saying that I'm saying it because it's true. But you guys probably think I'm just saying it to be saying it. But check this out. Watch. Take, I hope you got your notepads and, and you're ready to write and take some notes because um, she's going to give you some nuggets of gold that make you think some, think about some things today. So lastly, girl, um, I love the standing in your power, mind, body and voice. I want you to share with the listeners how that came about for you, because I know you mentioned the Asian hate crimes things that was Asian hate that was going on and probably has always been going on and will continue to still go on, even if they do it on the down low. We know that. Um, I want you to share with the listeners how you got to this being your platform. Yeah, great question. Um, little tidbits. So being a martial artist for 20 years, I'll take it back five years ago. Uh, and what do we know about self-defense, right? We think about pepper spray, we thought we think about poking people in the eyes. And so I was doing that in traditional gym environments. And what I was realizing real quick is, A, that feeling of feeling strong and confident doesn't last. It feels great to hit pads and things like that, but um, it's not sustainable. And then what was happening in these classes, Rochelle, was that there was always a handful of women in the class who just were stuck. Then everybody in the class would be rolling their eyes at them, like, just do the move, just do the technique. And so uh, being someone who's gone through trauma, who's been a sexual assault survivor, who's been attacked on the streets, I just really felt that you needed to be able to create a safe space for people. And so I started asking questions around, well, what's happening right now? What's the story of how you got here? 
Like, how do you make it safe for people to come forth and, and let you know that they've got all this stuff in their heart? Like, I've been gaslit in this relationship. My boss is mistreating me in this way. Um, I hear my mama's voice. I hear all these critical voices. And these things were killing people's spirits and not making it feel like they were worthy of even protecting themselves. So how could I even be talking to you about protecting yourself physically if you don't feel like your life is worth anything? Mm -hmm. So then fast forward to the pandemic, we're all suffering, right? We're all isolated. Then there was the second pandemic that hit because that crazy president at the time started calling it Kung Flu. And then we started seeing that spike in Asian hate crimes. And when I say silent suffering, being an Asian American, let alone an Asian American woman, was like 10 layers deeper of erasure that happened because here we are dying and getting physically harmed. And I just kept seeing people um, not have the ability to speak up. There was so much anguish. There was so much pain. There was so much not knowing because like culturally we're programmed, right? Like don't, don't rock the boat. Don't talk about that. Just keep your head down. Um, and I just couldn't stand for it, Rochelle. Like I literally took a bat to social media. I started whacking. I just, I just was like, I was screaming. Let me ask you this. So was there a, a moment, a specific instance that you personally experienced that you said, enough is enough and I have got to let other Asian women know that we can no longer stand silent and allow ourselves to be talked about or demeaned or hated on like we've been doing. Was there a moment and what was that moment? Thank you. Thank you for this question. So the Atlanta spa shootings happened. I uh, was at my full-time job and um, I couldn't concentrate from the news. Eight, eight women were, were murdered. Uh, they were targeted and murdered, six of which looked like my mama and my aunts. I couldn't even like type or do anything. So I called my boss, uh, very C the C-suite executive, and I just bawled my eyes out. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, it's, um, you know, the, the Atlanta spa shootings. Well, what shootings are you talking about? And I'm like, the ones that just occurred, the ones that killed eight women. Oh, oh, those, those, uh, those shootings. Oh, okay. Like she just, she couldn't get it. And it boggled my mind that I had to even be in a place of advocating for myself and advocating for a day off. I was like, I can't work. And so when I advocated for the day off, um, she said, okay, I'm going to give you the day off. But you know, Leslie, sometimes during the pandemic, the way that people respond to situations is different than the way they would have responded to it if it wasn't the pandemic. Hmm. And then my blood was boiled and I said blank, I'm pretty fucking sure <laughs> that six of these women look like my mama. The fact that I got to sit down at a table with my kids who are under four years old and my husband and talk about what would happen if we go to the grocery store and daddy gets shot. 
Mommy yeah. gets hurt trying to protect an elder or someone else. Like that's what we're living in. And I just was full of so much rage. And of course, white woman was just like, ooh. Um, and she said, okay, I'm gonna give you the day off, but I, I just really need you to apologize for using that language and talking to me in that way. And internally I said, okay, well, this is the moment I'm gonna get fired. And I said, I'm not apologizing for shit. And if you really intended on, on wanting to support me and showing your allyship, you could have just said, I, I'm so sorry about what happened. Um, I don't want to say anything to make it worse. Right. Just listen. But right. I had to coach and say like everything that she possibly could have said wrong, she did. And um, that's when my work really propelled. So, you know, that's really interesting because I have a friend. We've been friends since we're in high school and uh, she's Japanese. And right at the beginning of the pandemic, she lives in, in Silicon Valley, right at the beginning. a very So California, very diverse, right? Um, but right at the beginning of the pandemic, when our former president was calling it the um, whatever, you know, Asian whatever, right? Whatever, yeah. or, you know, Asian flu, the um, Chinese virus, you know, all this craziness, ignorant stuff. Um, she was at this grocery store, the grocery store that she went to all the time in Los Gatos or Campbell, one of those cities, I think it was Los Gatos. And, uh, you know, she's checking out and the checker said something like derogatory about Asians. And she said, excuse me. And he said, you're the reason that this, we're having all this problem. And so, and blaming, you know, her. and she's like, what? First of all, I'm not Chinese. And he kept saying, you need to go back to your country. And she said, and second of all, this is my country. And she said, what was amazing to her was that all the people that were watching, the other checkers, everybody, and he was he was being pretty off the hook with it, right? Um, none of the people in line said anything and nobody else said anything. And so she went on this rampage and she said, if you see someone being mistreated, speak the fuck up. Right. And, um, and I said, yeah, I can understand. I said, think about all the other people that have been mistreated because of their color or their race, um, have been classified and put into some situation and ended up losing their lives behind it. And all people could see was it's their fault. Why didn't they stop? Why didn't they get out the car? Why didn't they stop hollering for their mama? Why do they have to be Asian? Why do they have to be black? You know what I mean? What it was, it's the person's fault for the harm and the discrimination and the racial injustice that is put upon them. And so I, I was just like, this is crazy. And you started seeing it happening with, with regards to African Americans as well as Asian Americans. And so it, it brings to light another question with regards to standing in our power in our mind, what would you say to someone that really, you know, if you had this person, you're looking right at them right now, and they really need some guidance because what they want to do is stand in their power in a graceful way, but what their mind and their homies is telling them to stand in their power and go do something very negative. What would you say to that individual 
at this moment in time if you could talk to them? Yeah, I love that question. Um, what I would say is that standing in your power is not about throwing hands, about being lethal, about being violent back, right? There, it is about protecting your peace. It's about choosing to defend yourself and de-escalate situations with your voice before you're expected to defend yourself, right? And so I'm not trying to mislead anyone. If you're watching this and you struggle in that area, the first place that you got to really start in your mindset is understanding that you don't need a guru or a savior to stop looking outside of yourself for other people to come help and do the right thing. We want to believe that people are going to do the right thing, but everyone is coming from a place of fear. You want to help. You don't want to put yourself in harm's way. But the clients that I work with are screaming for help. I'm like, why did you scream for help? They're like, because I thought that someone was going to come physically help me, protect me. And I said, this is where we have to start. Because everything that you need to defend yourself lives inside of you. Wow. So how does that land for you for a second? And how does that shift your perspective? Because time and time again, these clients would come to me and they'd be like, I'm screaming. I got, I got attacked in the daytime. I'm being physically like hit and stuff and no one's doing anything. And I said, that's where we got to start. We got to start with, and they're like, well, I don't know how to take up space, Leslie. I'm four foot 10. I'm Asian. I've never been taught, you know, like I'm not strong. And I said, we can take up space and to, we can assert ourselves without being aggressive. We can be very clear and concise in managing distance between ourselves and a potential attacker just by letting it be known that we see them. There's power energetically in saying like, you picked the wrong fucking Asian today. Yeah. Don't speak to me that way. Take two steps back. And when I have that power, then I can go to my community and say, like, that's my sister Rochelle over there. Back up. Don't speak to her that way. That's racist. Right? Like, yeah. I'll do that, you know? And so that's how we strengthen communities is when, uh, and the people always ask me that question, well, how do I keep others safe? I'm like, we have to have more spaces for people that look like us to be able to talk about our fears, talk about... Um, our identities and how that intersects with the way that people perceive us on the street. Right. I'm Asian. People perceive that I'm easy prey. They assume I have cash. They assume I'm a sexual being. So that makes it more likely for someone to sexually assault me, to um, think that I'm not going to talk back. Right. So when we feed into those stereotypes and we don't stand in our power and we just sweep it under the rug, we make it easier for the attacks and the frequency of the attacks to happen. So uh -huh. we got to smash some patterns. I like that. I like how you say we've got to, you've got to destroy some patterns that for us, that minority descent have been inbred in us since before us, right? It's like a cultural thing. And we've got to destroy those patterns because ultimately those patterns aren't for us. They may have been appropriate back eons ago when they came about, but they're not appropriate for us today. And we have to evolve into our true essence of where we stand and where we are today. And I always like to share, you know, what, what you're saying is if you see somebody 
on the street or in the store, at the gas station, on the side of the free, but you know, whatever that is, looks like they need some help, help them. You don't have to like physically get out and put yourself in harm's way. You can call, pick up that cell phone call. It looks like somebody needs some help. You can stay, hang tight, hang back, you know, and just watch and call and, you know, do what you need to do. But never, you know, if you see somebody that needs help, help them. If you see somebody that's being verbally abused, again, don't put yourself in harm's way. But, you know, stand up for that person, particularly some of the things that we've seen and we hear and people think it's funny, but it's not funny. It's not funny. And if you're in a group of people that are your friends and they're making fun of another group and people tend to think that's funny, that's not funny. You know what I mean? That's not funny. Speak up. Don't be afraid to speak up. So now I'm turning it back to you. So with regards to using our you know, mind, so to speak, and our voice, I want to go touch on the voice part. What would you like to share with those that are listening that um, one, either they they don't have a voice, they've lost their voice because they've kept it suppressed for so long, or two, they're ready to start speaking up, but they just don't know how to go about it and take that first step. Yes. A couple of things. Number one, there's a bigger price to pay by not speaking up than there is speaking up. It is costing our, us our lives as people of color by not speaking up. We are dying just by existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, vocalizing boundaries is an act of self-defense. So I'm not even talking about extreme physical circumstances. To what your point was, Rochelle, which I love, is like inappropriate humor in the workplace. Growing up, it was so acceptable for people to make you know, like jokes about my eyes, you know, ching chongy sounds, you know, pots and pans and stuff like that. And like, I would go along with that back in the day, but now where we are and where we have to evolve is being stronger self-advocates, right? So when someone is saying something, it's about advocating for yourself and saying like, that's not funny. Like, I don't appreciate that. That's racist. You know, do not repeat that again. And being able to call out other people and colleagues in, in saying like, that's racist. Like, how dare you do that? Um, I'm reminded of that because most recently I shared a video of a chancellor at Purdue University who started his uh, speech making those exact sounds. Like, and, and making reference to Asian voices and having himself, white chancellor, um, in a prominent position and all his white male colleagues behind him laughing. And, and that's the stuff where we have to be able to call that out. Um, so part of reclaiming your voice is getting acquainted with it, understanding the crevices of your voice. You don't have to yell. You don't have to be aggressive. You just have to start with a boundary statement. What do I mean by a boundary statement? What would you say to someone who physically crossed this boundary? And those are words that are authentic to you. I'm not going to tell you what to say. People always in their heart know what they want to say. It's whether or not they will actually say it. So that's my job as your coach is helping you draw that out. So let's get that out. What would that sound like? Now let's refine that. 
Let's make it very clear and concise. And I think that where people make mistakes with their voice is that they word vomit. They say so much and they explain their boundary. I'm like, your boundaries are not meant to be explained. It's about being explicit of what you need. What, what does that mean? That means like, instead of being like, well, the reason why this is my boundary and it's so important to me is because, and then, and then what happens is that people tune you out. Cause, and then building awareness for people that when you are using your voice, if it's not being honored, what I work with people is about embodying your boundaries. Like if you're, if somewhere in your body, you don't feel confident in your voice, of course, the other person's not going to honor it. Right. So just bring in attention that like there is power, there's power in taking back your voice and drawing a line in the sand. And you can do that and you can roundhouse kick someone with your voice. It is extremely powerful. And so if you're watching this, the amount of hate crimes and studies done, 65% of this is verbal harassment. So we got to get good at sharpening our tongues. Perfect. Cause it's going to lead into the next question, verbal harassment and the whole verbal stuff and the, the animation skits that go on about making fun of people with braids or Asian women or Asian men for that matter, or people that just look different of a different race, Indian, uh, you know, the Hindu, the Sikhs, whatever it may be, somebody that's different than the traditional white American. Um, how does someone get their mind wrapped around and strong enough to begin to say and voice those things? Because, you know, it's all in the mind that we don't let this come out or we let it come out and it comes out in the wrong way. But, you know, as far as standing in our power with our voice and someone's on the edge, they want, they're on the precipice, they want to do that. How can they get their mind around that concept of being strong and standing in their voice and knowing that that's okay to do? Because it is in here. It's in here. And it's acknowledging that you get sick and tired and sick and tired of being a human punching bag, of silently suffering. Mm. We all hit a breaking point. And so like what you're saying, you want, you want to burst, you want to bust because you have something to say. You want to say it, you've been programmed. And so I think it's um, a good compliment to the work that you always stand for, Rochelle. It's, it's a deep commitment to healing. And everyone's like, what does healing have to do with self-defense? I said, everything, right? That's how you calibrate your mind. Right. When you understand that your mind is the temple, that's where your solitude is like it's you. Instead of outside of you, that's where the real power is revealed. Mm. And and some people don't truly believe that. And that's why I'm always going to bring it back to mindset is like if you if you have an impoverished mentality, if you feel like a woman who's not physically strong enough, you are preventing your voice from being utilized. You're preventing your body from doing moves and techniques. It all goes hand in hand. Energetically, you are blocking yourself from standing in your power. Mm. So if you are not um, attuned with your voice, I'm like, 
well, we, you, you got to talk to me because there, there's a framework that I developed and there are things that we can actually do to unleash the throat clot. I call it throat clots because every time you've had to like eat shit or bite your tongue, you, you develop some throat clots. So now we got to open up those throat chakras. Right. And so um, it doesn't happen overnight. I'm not going to mislead anybody. It is an active practice. You have to hear the sound of your voice. Most people don't like the sound of their voice. You have to hear the sound of your voice and understand the nooks and crannies and the valleys and the peaks. And just know in your heart um, to anchor yourself to who you love. So most people I work with, they have trouble. But when we are able to attach it to things we love and people we love, I'm like, okay, so what's the goal here? The goal is to get back home safely to our loved ones and the people that need you. So is that motivation enough for you to use your voice? I think so. Because if someone touches my children, my lioness will come out and roar at you and rip out your eyeballs and eat, you know, chew it like chewing gum and spit right. it. Out. Right. I love, I love it. It, it. You know, um, having the mindset and being on the precipice of utilizing your voice and not being afraid or apprehensive and giving yourself permission to do that is, I think, one of the most powerful things. I think so many times we don't give ourselves permission because we're afraid of what others may think or feel or whatever. But it really is about standing in your power. And when you stand truly in your power, you don't really care about what others think or feel when it comes to protecting your temple, your castle. You are the castle. You are the greatest creation that is only you that can hold that space. And so when it comes to utilizing your voice and allowing your mind to say it's okay to be brave, bold, unstoppable, and use your voice to be powerful and to emit um, that powerful energy around you and your loved ones, then then it becomes such a much more beautiful life. But um, apparently humanity has a whole lot of work to do on that. And so um, we will continue the dialogue and we will continue the message and putting it out there. And so I want to thank you, Leslie Lou, for being a guest on the Blissful Living Podcast because this has been amazing. And definitely we can have another conversation about this because it's powerful. And I think People need to be aware, for one, that it's okay to use your voice. Two, it's okay to protect yourself. Three, it's okay to have power and be pow a powerful person. And four, it's okay to learn how to use some techniques to protect your body and to feel inside your body when you're not okay and when you're not in a safe space and when you feel that you or someone else is being violated verbally. It's okay to feel that in your body because then you can use that information to take the next step for us. So anyways, thank you so much. I mean, like I said, we have to bring Leslie Lou back so she can share some more nuggets of gold. Um, but I really do appreciate the conversation because it is very important. And as you know, listeners, we are at our time. Um, the show goes so fast when we're having such um, beneficial and good dialogue that's pertinent to the betterment of humanity. And I would say mankind, but womankind are the ones that's going to change the world to make it a better place. That is what I believe in my heart and soul. And if you don't believe me, take a long, look at how long the fellas have had it and 
it's not in a bad spot, but it could be a whole heck of a lot better. So um, I'm just saying. Anyways, thank all of you for listening. I hope you got nuggets of gold. Um, There will be more information in the show notes. Again, please share the show with everyone you love and care about. Subscribe to the show so you get advanced notification of the guest and the platform we're going to be discussing on the Blissful Living podcast. And to our sponsors... Uh, blissful living for you at blissful living the number four the letter you.com thank you so much for your generosity to all day cable at all day cable inc.com thank you so much for your generosity and again thank you leslie lou for being here with us thank all of you for listening i am rochelle marie lawson known as the queen of feeling fabulous and until next time i'm wishing you peace to your mind wellness to your body tranquility to your spirit do not, my friends, go. Do not be afraid to go out and stand in your power. Claim your throne with authority. Use your voice with power. Allow your mind to open up and give you that permission. And I guarantee you, when you take that next step forward, it'll be a much better journey. Until next time, goodbye for now, everybody. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.